Welcome to the Business Animal Podcast. Saddle up for a gallop to the top of the animal industry, where you'll learn how to tame your wild business beast with tips, techniques, and tools that will take overwhelm to obedience school and have you wagging your tail with joy. And now your hosts, Kim Beer and Kara Taylor Swift. Hey there, business animals. It's Kim with Be More Business. And Kara with Fast Horse Photography. Good morning, Kim. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, Kara. How are you? Well, we're hurricaning again. It's becoming a monthly thing here in Florida. So I'm just happy to have electricity. And, you know, the tornado warning has passed. So just hanging out, recording. And I'm excited because it's not just you and I on the show today, right? We have a special guest with us today. We do. We have Betsy Bird of Ride the Sky Photography. And let me tell y'all, you're in for a treat because definitely get ready to giggle because I don't know a single conversation I've ever had with Betsy where I am not like at least at full on laughter at some point and full of joy and happiness and a big smile on my face when we're done. So be prepared for that during the podcast today. So we are going to be talking about brand values, and this is a really important topic for those of you out there that are running your animal-based business because it helps you sort down to who is your perfect client and then absolutely give them the best wow experience that you can. Kara, would you mind introducing Betsy for us? I would love to introduce Betsy. So I'm going to start I'm going to read this bio. I'm just going to start out by saying that none of these things in here is from me, okay? So Betsy put this bio together. I'm not insulting her in any way when I go through this, so I'm just going to put that out into the world. So let's start with that. Betsy Bird of Ride the Sky Equine Photography spends her days doing insane things to make horses look at her. Clearly, she's desperate for attention. Just a reminder, not from me, right? Okay, I'm not going to be calling Betsy desperate. Outside of acting like a total weirdo, she invests time and energy into growing her business, hanging with her favorite dog, Nitro. And I'm, once again, Nitro, what about Chloe? I know you have another dog in the house. Okay, why is Chloe not included in this bio? And dealing with her teenager's angst. I hope they're not listening to the show is all I have to say. Speaking and writing on photography and marketing and other topics that interest her. And planning her next big Wills Up adventure that hopefully I'm invited to. Betsy is a certified professional photographer by the organization Professional Photographers of America. The CPP designation is held by fewer than 2,500 photographers nationwide and is a hallmark of consistency, technical skill, artistry, and professionalism. Betsy specializes in creating storytelling magic for horse girls of all ages. 100% true. In other words, she enjoys working with fun-spirited clients who need horse portraits, equestrian senior, and equestrian brand photography. She even throws in some dogs for variety because what true horse girl doesn't love a great pup too. Based in Chattanooga, Tennessee, Ride the Sky Equine Photography works on location in Tennessee, North Georgia, and beyond. As you guys can tell, Betsy's hilarious, which is part of the reason we spend a lot of time together. And we spend time on Zoom. We shoot together. We just have a lot of fun. So Betsy, thank you so much for coming on the show again. Last time we heard from you on the show was in season one. And we're so excited to have you back for a series of episodes that'll be coming up. But I want to start by saying, you know, tell us why is branding near and dear to your heart? Why is this important to you? Well, with an intro like that, it's kind of hard to know (laughs) where to even start. (laughs) But I'm going to start with the answer to your question about Chloe. Okay. All right. Where's Chloe? The reason Chloe is not in the bio is because anyone who knows me knows that Nitro is my 
basically dog soulmate, and I absolutely okay. love him. And Chloe's favorite place Shop to liver. be currently is sitting on his head, which I find kind of offensive. So she's just not allowed to do that. So Chloe's in the doghouse, not the favorite child. <laughs> Chloe is the one who causes us not to be able to have nice things right now. So. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> Yeah, she's kind of in the doghouse a little bit, but I love her. She's adorable. She's 90 pounds of energy and a big old hot mess. So there's your well, answer on Chloe. maybe next time you come on the show, Chloe will have worked her way into your bio. We'll see if she's back in your bio graces by then. She has so- managed at least to make it into some emails. So my clients who get <laughs> emails from Nitro and as well as me, she has managed to send out a few emails. So if you're lucky okay. enough to get one from Chloe, you know you're special. So she's learning the ropes of the business. She is very slowly. <laughs> Tell us what makes branding near and dear to your heart? Why is this topic important? Why do you care about it? I got to tell you, when I first started in the business world back in the day, you know, I actually have a degree in advertising and I started working at an advertising agency. And then when I had kids, I started my own business and it was working with solopreneurs and small businesses that could not afford to have full-time marketing professionals in their business because they were startups or they were just really early at stages. So I see a lot of stuff that those businesses do that could be fixed by not skipping over the branding process and actually understanding how branding works for them. So that's kind of why I started really diving into it. And I see it like in the market that I'm in with the businesses, the small businesses that I work with as a photographer, where they've skipped over a lot of those very basic fundamental steps that can really actually make a big difference in their business. So Betsy, I totally agree with you. So many business owners, when they start up their business or even when they're growing their business, brand is like the thing at the bottom of the list that they think about. And there's so many other things for an entrepreneur to worry about. Sales, marketing, I mean, and branding is part of the marketing picture. But a lot of times people think, I guess, that brand just sort of organically happens. And the truth of the matter is, is it doesn't for successful companies. Successful companies put a lot of thought into their branding and they put a lot of thought into how that brand works with their target market and how it works with them and their particular vibe and for their particular tribe, I guess, if we're getting corny and using that kind of sales speak. But yeah, it makes a huge difference and it's so important especially the topic that we're talking about today, is because that's the reason why the clients choose you over your competitors. So let me say that again. It's the reason that the clients choose you over your competitors. So if you're sitting over on the sidelines watching all of your clients go to one of your competitors, know that a bunch of those clients would probably rather work with you, but because you haven't clearly made your brand apparent, they don't know that you're the better option for them. And so they go to the one that has a clear brand message, even if it doesn't quite fit them. Would you agree with that, Betsy? I absolutely would agree with that because it seems that businesses in general are a well-branded business is going to stick out so much more to any client as far as what they're offering 
and whether or not it's attractive to that person than someone that's unbranded. And I know a lot of times with solopreneurs and small businesses where you maybe are the only worker or maybe you have like one employee or a VA or something like that, you know, you're so busy working on your business or in your business, you're forgetting to work on your business, right? And I think that branding properly can actually kind of lift some of that work from you if you do it correctly. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's a good point, because I think when a lot of businesses start rolling, like they get going, they jump right into it, especially the solopreneurs, they're really interested in immediately making money. And they're trying to like figure out how to market. And they're trying to jump into all of that. But they then they come back a year later, two years later, and they're like, man, I'm just not as busy as I thought it would be. I'm not as successful as I thought it would be. And a lot of times they wait until they're a year or two into their business before they really do the branding work of that. So, Kim, do you want to bring us into our big three real quick? I sure do. Yeah. And I also want to add to that. A lot of times those small businesses are bringing the wrong customers in, the ones that frustrate them or the ones that they're like, gosh, I really didn't think working with people would be this difficult. I was hoping for something joyful and easy. And when your brand values are in alignment with your values and your customers' values, it is joyful and easy. So if you feel like the wrong customers are showing up to your business or just not the perfect ones, I'm going to tell you this is an episode where you need to keep your ears perked up. It's a good topic. So we're going to talk about, we always do a big three, and that's no exception with our guests. So the big three that we're going to cover today with Betsy are number one, brand values educate your client about what to expect when they're working with you. Number two is you got to put the you in your brand because it has to work with you and your particular temperament, your personality, and the way that you want to deliver your product, service, or nonprofit. And then the third of the big three is to utilize brand values to attract the right consumers to your brand. All the things that we just talked about that's a lot of times small businesses sort of leave out of the plan. So let's dive into the first of the big three, which is understanding that brand values educate your client about what to expect when working with you. So Betsy, can you give us a couple of examples as to how you have seen this work out in the world or with your own clients? Well, one thing I want to start off by saying is, is I know that there's a lot of people out there as a solopreneur or whatever who's go and buy a logo like off of Etsy or Fiverr or something like that. They buy a logo, mm -hmm. they slap it on their Facebook page, and they're like, branding is done. I am finished. But that's really just not branding, right? <laughs> That no. is, that's like the bare minimum, right? And you can't do that until you get to the base of what your brand values are. And with your brand values, particularly when it comes to solopreneurs and small businesses, many times brand values are going to be your personal values, like what you think is important, right? And so when I see in the real world, and Karen and I actually spoke about this yesterday, is when you're thinking about businesses like that you shop at in your personal life or you go to in your personal life, there's probably businesses out there that you gravitate towards or you gravitate away from. And you may not even realize why. There's just like, I know it's a feeling you have. And sometimes there's like, I know from personal experience that I will drive five miles past a business that offers the exact same thing that what I need. 
and I will pay more at a different business because there's just something about one business over the other. And it's the values. It's what they're putting out in their branding. It's what they're putting out in their marketing. It's how I feel about them. And it's almost an unconscious or a subconscious feeling. I don't know what it is that's attracting me necessarily, but it's something that they are putting out in the world, right? So I think a lot of people do this without even realizing that they do this in their everyday life. And that's what you want to look at for your business is what you're putting out in the real world and how you're attracting people. Because as you do that, you're going to start attracting people who are attracted to that, to what you're putting out, which is going to make it a better experience for you and for them. And it's going to turn them into raving fans for your business instead of someone who's just, eh, okay, and, ha- and you know, it's okay to be here. Absolutely. That makes so much sense. It does. Question, what is non-negotiables? Non-negotiables are things like, I only use organically sourced products in, or, you know, ingredients in making my products. Or I absolutely refuse to use fur in whatever it is I make. Or it's, it's things that it's not negotiable. I require this to be done. And the fact is, is if you feel very passionate about something like that, you want to attract the people in the world who feel passionate about that as well, right? So anything that's a non-negotiable should be part of your brand values. And you should use that in your marketing and stuff so people understand it. Think about like makeup companies that no animals were harmed in the testing of these products, you know, when they promote that because they want people who care about that subject. Absolutely. So that would be something too, like belief systems. Mm -hmm. It could be something along the lines of I'm thinking things like world concerns and causes. It could be charity, things that you want to support. So those types of things, is that kind of where we're going with that? Yes. It's the things that are things that someone is going to feel super strongly about in their personal life, that they want to only eat organic foods. They want to only use products that are cruelty-free. They want to, you know, make sure that a portion of their money is going to their favorite charity, whatever the case may be. But yes, and you want people, if those things are highly important to you, you want to make sure that you're attracting people that that is highly important to. Absolutely. So I want to take one example that I know we have people on here who listen to this podcast that are horse trainers. And in the horse training industry right now, there's a lot of pushback against some of the more game-based natural horsemanship techniques and some of the things that we now, as we learn more and more and are more educated about how horses learn and behave, we want to apply maybe some different or better principles to that. And not to say that the things that you have learned already don't work or natural horsemanship doesn't work, but there are people who want to have a different type of training for their horse. And it's important when you are that horse trainer who uses that particular method to make sure you tell people that's what you do and why you do it the way you do it. Because that is bringing in the exact person that needs your business, that needs exactly who you are, because that's what they're looking for. So I love this thought of non-negotiables and really thinking from the perspective of a business owner, what are the non-negotiables for me 
And what are the non-negotiables for the clients that I bring into my business? Because that does need to be made apparent because you should always love the person walking through the door to work with you. It should always go easily and it doesn't always work perfectly that way. But that's what our aim is, just to get that right person in. And this is one of the ways that you do that. And absolutely, because by getting that right person into your business, they're more likely to stay with you thus adding to your bottom line, obviously, but they're also more likely to tell others about you and Mm -hmm. therefore bringing more people who are similar to them and have the same values as them towards you. So you get a lot of word of mouth that way. They feel connected. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. They feel in alignment, you know, all of that. Yeah. So how, how, Betsy, do we start? And I think this brings us into the number two of the big three. How do we start as business owners to suss out what we want to demonstrate as brand values in our marketing and branding? So brand values are going to guide everything you do in your business, or they should. And when you're a solopreneur or, you know, you're the main employee or whatever, a lot of those brand values are going to be your personal values, what you value in your life. And so I think that the way I, and I'm going to tell you how I did it, and I have a, a freebie that is going to be available for people who are listening to this. And this is how I did mine. And you guys can use the freebie to do it the exact same way. But basically, I took a list of brand values and I started crossing off everything that definitely was not me. Because Mm -hmm. it's so much easier to say, whoa, no, that is not me, than sometimes it is to say, yes, that is me, right? I have it right here. I'm showing it to you. See it? (laughs) There it is. I printed it and everything. (laughs) Look at that. I'm so impressed. (laughs) It looks really good. So once you start narrowing it down, you know, you may find yourself getting stuck at like 20 or something words that you're like, well, that could be me. I don't know. And you'll find that a lot of those words can be very similar. Like you might think of happiness, joy, enthusiasm, sense of humor. Like those are all sort of similar, right? Mm -hmm. So you can look up the definitions for those words and see if one feels more like you. And if you're still having problems, and this is what I did because, you know, I narrowed it down to about 20 and then was like, I don't know. (laughs) So then what you do is you find some close friends or some ideal clients that you feel comfortable asking this, but like truly ideal clients, the ones that you want to work with, or your really close friends who know you very well, and ask them out of a group of words that are kind of similar, which one is most like you? And you'll find that a lot of times they're picking up on vibes that you're handing out much better than you realize you're doing it. I mean, I did it with, I asked 15 people completely separately. You know, nobody was in the same group chat or anything Mm -hmm. like that. And almost to a person, they were identical in their answers. So, you know, it really can narrow it down very easily for you. And then you want to end up with somewhere between three and six brand values that you can really infuse in everything you do for your brand. Yeah, this was an interesting activity. I knew we're going to mention it at the end, but... I went through it, and I I probably have about 20 that I've narrowed it down to at this point. But it was a really interesting activity to go through and mark out the things that I really don't feel are me. Like Kim will probably agree, like all the stuff that I would consider like woo-woo stuff. I was like, no, 
No, no. That's all circled on mine. Yeah, that's all circled on yours. I mean, it's a big, it really is a big difference. And I, she printed out a big poster and put it up. Yeah. But the things that I find myself drawn to are things like, like the word professionalism, because I even find myself like when I'm hiring other companies, like I've stopped working with companies because I feel like they're unprofessional. Like that's something that is really at my core. Like you don't call me back. You don't show up when you say you're going to show up. You know what I mean? Like that kind of stuff. And when you're talking about animal businesses, there is, in my opinion, there can be in some of them a lack of professionalism, like they're working towards that still. So I do find myself being very frustrated sometimes. So I felt like when I saw that one, I didn't even have to like think about it. Like I was like, oh, that is like hardcore me right there. Like that word, because I take that to over the top almost when I'm working with people. So and I expect it from businesses that I work with. And you with. expect it. Yes. You're mm-hmm. expecting the same thing from and, and that's yes. the thing about brand values is is when you're looking at them, it's what you expect when you work with a business. Yes. And it's also what you want from your clients as well. So it, it yeah. goes mm-hmm. both ways. Yeah. And you know, knowing these things and understanding to your core what drives you and what motivates you and that sort of stuff makes life so much easier (laughs) because it really does make it so much easier to know like from the get-go whether or not you're going to be able to work with someone like and how it's going to go and are you going to have fun like for me I'm always laughing I'm always having fun I want to be amused I mean if you're not laughing during portrait sessions you are doing them wrong I mean, like in my world, but that's my world. You know, there are other clients who are like, I want to be super serious and they're not the ones for me. My clients, I am cracking jokes and laughing and they're laughing and we want to have a good time. And if that's not what you're looking for, then I'm not the photographer for you. And I mean, I literally put on my website flat out on my about me page. Literally, here's how you know if I'm the photographer for you, <laughs> you know? And I mean, I talk about this kind of thing because I don't want to waste my time working with the wrong people because honestly, there's too many clients out there and the right ones for me are out there and they'll yeah. find me. I mean, I had a client the other day who called me up and we were chit-chatting, you know, for my initial contact thing. And he said, I said, well, you know, just how did you decide that, you know, you wanted to talk to me or whatever? And he said, well, I was on your website. And I looked at your About Me page and I I read it and I just knew right then we were going to be best friends. (laughs) And I was like, well, all righty then. (laughs) That's a good About Me page. Yeah. And I mean, he's hilarious and we have a grand time shooting. (laughs) So that's what I want. And so and it's really important because when you think about like your website copy and, you know, your Mm -hmm. social media posts and all of the things that you're putting out there into the world. You want to infuse those brand values into that stuff so that the people who are reading things and looking at your website and thinking about maybe hiring someone and doing their research, but they're not sure if you're the right fit, they can tell just from doing that before they ever talk to you if you're going to be the right person for them or not. So, And it's saving you as the business owner because you're a one-man show, right? It's saving you so much time talking to people who are never going to be happy with what you do, are never going to be happy with your services that you provide. So you're just ending up getting the right people in so you can say yes more often and be happier with the result than saying hiring someone or being hired by someone that it's never going to be a good fit. They're not going to be happy. And neither one of you is going to enjoy that 
relationship. That makes sense. And I think that rolls us into number two pretty easy, putting you in your brand. One of the things that you and I discussed getting prepared for this is that brand value should guide everything you do for your business. Give an example of when this doesn't, you know, when people are doing this wrong, for example. You know, um, just give some examples of that, because, you know, one of the things we talked about yesterday, I felt kind of felt that to my core. I mean, just to give you an example from my personal Mm -hmm. photography life, I actually had a client who called me up the other day and I had never talked to her before. And she has apparently been stalking me on social media for five years. Uh, She's been reading my website, looking at pictures. She -hmm. has never commented, never posted. I had no idea she was out there. None. Yeah. And so, you know, she was interested in a portrait session. And so we kind of started talking through stuff. And, you know, as I'm kind of covering stuff, she's like, oh, yeah, I read that on your website. I'm totally on board with that. This is good. I liked what you had to say about this. I mean, she was pulling off Mm -hmm. quotes off my website, which was really, yeah. I mean, she did her girl did her research. So to me, that says she did her research. She followed. She felt the brand values that I'm putting Mm -hmm. out there. Right. And decided it was the right thing. So literally booking her as a client was super fast. She was booked before she got on the call with you. Exactly. And that's what you want. I mean, you want people because you know, nowadays, like no one is going to be like, Kara, I want to talk to you. I've never looked at your website. I've never looked Mm -hmm. at your social media. I have never listened to the podcast. Nobody's going to do that. They're going to do their research first before they ever pick up a phone and talk to you. So you need to make sure that what you're putting out there is the information that's going to sell them on you before they ever actually talk to you. And then talking to you is like the cherry on top of the ice cream sundae when they realize that you embodying all of those values. That makes sense. So then one of the things we talked about yesterday is you're trying to cheat the system. You don't want to put the work in for branding. And so you go out and you look around and you see what other people in your industry are doing. You cherry pick things that you think sound good or that you think would be great for you maybe. And so you kind of start to cherry pick from other businesses and to create your own brand values. Why is that bad? Explain that to us. You see that a lot, you know, in in pretty much every every industry, you see this a lot where people are like copying social media posts or they're, you know, copying website Literally cutting and pasting content and putting it on their websites. You know, which can be frustrating, you know, obviously, if you've put in all Mm -hmm. the work and stuff like that. But I think a lot of people do it because they don't know what to do, you know, and they don't know how to start or whatever. So they're Mm -hmm. like, well, I see Kara over there rocking it. So obviously what she's doing must be working, right? Right. So let's just do what she does and make it happen. And it doesn't work for them and they don't know why, right? So here's the thing. I mean, just as a flat out statement, (laughs) you can't use the brand values of some other business because brand values are extremely personal, particularly when you are a solopreneur or the only person in your business, right? It's very personal to you. It's what you embody. And when you're talking about branding, it is all the things that you're writing about, that you're talking about to people, that you're emulating, correct? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. So how am I, and this is definitely not me, but this is a great example. How am I a super hot mess? You know, my car is exploding with fast food bags and I've got my keys locked in my freezer because I left them there and I'm just always running late and all that, right? Okay, so a person like that, how can they talk about 
being organized. Right. Being always on time, being neat and clean and everything has its place. You really can't. I mean, you could, but it's going to be really hard on you. It's going to be hard because how do you constantly come up with content about that when it's Mm -hmm. not what you are, right? And what you're going to end up doing is attracting some of those people who are then going to realize that that's not what you are and neither one of you is going to be happy, right? And the fact is, is when it comes to clients, there are clients enough for every photographer. There are clients enough for every horse trainer. There are clients enough for every pet sitter. It doesn't matter what business you are. The clients are out there. The key is, is you want to attract the right ones to you so everyone's happy and it's easy, right? So it's easy to talk about, I left my keys in my freezer. (laughs) I'm running late. You know, I'm frazzled because I'm a mom of three or, you know, whatever the case may be. That's your life. And if that's what you're always handling and dealing with, right? And other people who deal with those same things are out there and they will be attracted to that. Well, they'll feel that they can relate to you that, you know, oh, she gets me. She knows what it's like to try to balance a business and have kids or how it feels when your kid gets out at school and they knock stuff out of your truck. You know, (laughs) that doesn't sound like a voice of personal experience there, does it? No, not at all. Not at all. Well, you know, like I think of myself in in my personal business, organization Mm -hmm. is one of my big things. I'm kind of known for it. It's a little little scary. (laughs) But my daughter and God love her. She is the exact opposite of me. And Mm -hmm. it's a great way if you think about if we had a professional experience like where she tried to hire me or I tried to hire her. Neither sure. one of us would be happy. You'd because be frustrated I ex- with each other. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, I expect things done by a deadline, you know, and she's much on the procrastination scale and I need things to have their place. And she's much more of that creative mind where, you mm-hmm. know, everything is just looks like it's exploded all the time. But she knows where everything is and she understands her system. Her system just does not work for me. So being able to embody the brand values that you're talking about, that you're writing about, that you're putting out there in the world makes it so much easier to make sure that you have positive experiences and that you are bringing the right people to you and your ideal clients. Because that's what we all want. We want ideal clients that, you know, make us happy and we make them happy. You don't want to be the one who's getting, you know, the bad reviews because somebody was disappointed. And a lot of times it comes down to that brand identity not being foundational enough and understood enough by those clients. I love that. And that kind of rolled us into, I think, the big three, you know, attracting the right consumers to your brand. But I do want to just highlight something that we did, you know, talk about in preparing for this, just something to think about. If your personal values, too, don't align with the brand's stated values, how likely are you to do business with them? And I am sure that has been something for generations, but it feels like in today's climate, it's more and more like people are really thinking about the businesses that they're working with and do they align philosophically with them? Do they believe in the culture and the things that they support? And that more people are starting to dig into that a little bit more when they're making decisions about who they work with. So um, is there anything you want to add to that or Kim? I would say that's absolutely true. And you're seeing it, you know, in our climate today, Mm -hmm. you're seeing it with a lot of the big companies where somebody doesn't like something that 
Coca-Cola is doing or, mm-hmm. you know, some major brand. And the next thing you know, Twitter is all lit up. Facebook's all lit up. And suddenly yeah. the brand is rethinking, hey, maybe we shouldn't be doing what we're doing because obviously the consumers are upset, right? Well, the same thing happens to you with your small business, just on a smaller scale. I mean, you're not necessarily having millions of people mm-hmm. on social media, sure. but you might have one or two, you know, who can really make an impact on your business. So I do think that, and this kind of goes back to what we were talking about at the beginning of this episode, where we were talking about how you feel something about a company. Like, and, and you and I were talking yesterday about how like Walmart and Target, we have feelings about those. And it's not something that they necessarily put out there verbally or anything. It's just feelings about the stores and feelings about how you feel like you feel when you walk in Target. You know, what do you go to get at Target? You let Target tell you what you want to get. (laughs) Like like it's there's there's a vibe to it, you know, (laughs) and a lot of that has to do with their values and their brands. Target tells me what I need to buy. <laughs> well, you know what? I mean, you know, there, there's a reason all those memes are out there that it's like, I went to Target to buy, you know, one thing that costs $3 and $400 later, you know, here yeah. I am. Yeah. And yeah, Target tells you, you let the Target tell you what you want to buy. <laughs> well, I just think that we're more influenced by, of course, we're influenced by price. We're influenced by location and by product. We're all influenced by all of that, but there is something to be said for that. You can't describe it. It's like a feeling. I mean, I'm also a package person. So in colors, like all of that stuff, like if there's two products on the shelf, I'll pick the prettiest one. I'm guilty of that every single time. And I think there's something to be said for some of that in terms of things that you're drawn to, you know, and and things that make you feel good. And that all falls into the branding categories. It's just a different part of it, you know, as far as packaging goes and stuff. I just want to add two small things. One thing about being very clear in your brand values and really thinking this through is it does build customer loyalty. And I think that some of the examples Mm -hmm. that both Kara and Betsy gave really demonstrate that brand loyalty as the important piece of that puzzle, right? Because there are going to be new competitors pop up in your industry. People do have choices. They really do have choices. And what you want is you want your customer to be so in love with your brand or so aligned with your brand that they don't want to work with anybody else. They wouldn't even consider it as long as you are an option for them. Those are the people that you're really wanting to get in. And I think that's something that big brands have done very well for a very long time. They get to know who their customer is, what those values are, and then they really market to that. They make it such an experience with their brand that people become very, very loyal. I am an extremely loyal Apple user, even sometimes when it's to my detriment. I mean, I have an Apple product for everything. All of my computer equipment is Apple. My phone is Apple. My tablet is Apple. I have an Apple Watch. I mean, I'm definitely I addicted to all kinds of stuff. But I'm very loyal to the brand that I chose between the two larger options out there. So it's important to understand that. The thing that's key today is that small brands like my business or your business out there in the world, we now have a vehicle through social media and the internet to be able to make our brand values known. That always has not been possible. When I very first 
came into business, with this, I'm so old, before the internet was even around. Ancient. The only way that you could, yeah, I know. She used to have to. to I've earned every one of these damn gray hairs. To, to do the uh, cave wall carvings. She was like yeah. hammering on cave walls. Well, that yeah, was the that marketing. Was like Pre-Google. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> What's like Google where you're chipping away? Yeah. That was that was Kim. It, it, that was, it Kim. was the Yellow Pages, Betsy. It was the Yellow Pages yep. era. That was the only place you could make your brand values known. Because other than that, because consumers, like, they had to choose based on what your Yellow Pages ad was, whether they were going to reach out to you. It was either that or word of mouth, which is one of the reasons word of mouth is so or important. Or 411. But... Don't forget 411. You could dial 411 uh, and ask the operator. Oh, I God, I forgot about 411. And so you really were kind of at the mercy of the 411 operator's yes. branding desires. <laughs> You're just hoping that, that whoever paid them a little kickback to shoot their name out there. <laughs> we're never going to let Kim finish. Sorry, Kim. How did we survive? I mean, honestly, how did I manage to build a business? Honestly, I think a lot of the businesses that really survived would have had a name that started with A. Yeah, because you went down because the alphabetical they were, list. They were first listed in the yeah. phone book. Why do you think yeah. people started naming themselves like AAA battery store. Triple A. Yeah. Triple yeah. A everything. Yeah. <laughs> they wanted to make oh sure they were God. the first thing lifted for that 411 operator. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, you Kim, go. to your first yeah. point, when I talk to mentees, I guess, I always say that your brand should be so uniquely you that your ideal clients have no choice but to come at your business the way I come at dark chocolate which is full speed and zero regrets. And that's what you want. You want people who are like, I want you. I don't just want a photographer or I don't just want a horse trainer. I don't just want a pet store. I want you. That's what you want. Yes. That's a great and point. that is exactly what you want. That is exactly what you want. And th to finish my other statement, use your platform. You have a platform to make your brand values apparent through social media, your website, all this digital marketing, all of the things that you have access today that those of us who lived in the cave person days did not have. So make mm -hmm. sure you take advantage of that as you're going through your business. Especially when you look at it financially. Yeah. I mean, with the financial side of it, you have a platform that is basically free or for a very low cost. I mean, back in the day when you were doing billboard or a Yellow Pages ad, that can be a lot more expensive than what you can get today to have eyes on you. No kidding. Absolutely. From someone who had to buy Yellow Pages ads, they were expensive. I was just going to ask you, how do they even make it back in the day with the Yellow Pages ad? How would they advertise that to you as a consumer? Like, or as a, you know, as someone they're trying to sell to, because not everybody who's looking through the Yellow Pages obviously is looking for what you do. Are they doing it by just total number of eyes that would see your Yellow Pages ad? Or like, how do they make it worth your while to buy it? I always wondered that. That's totally not related to this. I'm just curious. When I had a small business in a small town here, I had a business in Clinton, Missouri, and it was a printing business, which required Yellow Pages advertising. And it was strictly based on people would go to look at printing and your business would be listed underneath there. But it was literally the only way they found you other than driving past your business or word of mouth. Like I couldn't afford, and there really wasn't a lot. Like at the time I had that business, there wasn't a cable, there wasn't much for cable TV in that area. 
because it was rural. There just wasn't a ton of options out there. That was kind of the option was the Yellow Pages. So it was your Yellow Pages ad that a lot of times would get people to purchase what you had to sell. And so you would buy thousands of dollars to get a little tiny ad in the Yellow Pages and put your services. I mean, I, I spent a lot of time designing those ads for my clients as well as my own business. But it was the only way that you could get anybody to pay attention. And the free listing is just, you know, your name and your telephone number. But that display ad gave consumers an option to go, oh, that might be the better business of these 10 that we have offered, or in Clinton's case, the three printers in town. So it was your only option. So believe me, when the Yellow Pages salesperson came around, it wasn't a question of if you were going to buy something, it's how big did you want to go? <laughs> how much was your budget going to be able to afford to be able to do that? It was really interesting. A couple of years ago, where a billboard salesperson came to a local horse club, and they were trying to convince the horse club to buy a billboard for an upcoming event that they had. And their sales pitch was, and it was a very specific event. It was like a, a stallion, gelding stallions, basically. So, you know, obviously the only people who would be interested in that were going to be people who owned stallions, right? That they didn't want them to be stallions anymore. Yeah. And it was like a free thing where veterinarians donated their time and you could have your stallion gelded. And the billboard salesperson was pushing the fact that 2,000 cars drove by this billboard each rush hour time. And I was like, but how many of those people own horses? And how many of those own stallions? <laughs> and I'm like, so like, you know, because they kept just talking about how cheap it was going to be because, you know, the number of eyes. And I'm like, yeah, but unless you're breaking it down and saying, well, these people are actually horse people or these people are actually stallion owners, it doesn't necessarily equate to the same amount of money. No, Betsy, it was the wild, wild west. You didn't, you don't have an option about who's seeing your marketing because there was no targeting because nobody was tracking that, right? Nobody stopped and checked all of the car owners to ask them what their demographics were and their interests and all of that. It was just simply based on exactly. the number of people. And I can tell you, I bought a ton of billboard advertising for clients before the internet because it was one of the, literally one of the best ways to get people into local businesses. And I worked for a college and I bought a lot of it for the college. But we digress on all of this. I do want to thank Betsy for her time today. Because before we know it, if we don't wrap this up, we're going to be talking about Florida men and cat people. Yes, it's coming. It's on. We're on our way there. We've already been down those roads once today. We are on our way down the rabbit hole. So, Karen, would you wrap us up before we go there? So before we end this episode, I want to give Betsy an opportunity to, first of all, tell us a little bit about the freebie because Betsy never comes on the show without giving us something for free, giving our audience something for free. So Betsy, tell us about this 194 brand values for animal businesses. Tell them where they can find it and then wrap us up by telling us where folks can find you online if they want to follow you, if they think they would be connected with you and want to follow you. Tell us where they can do that. 
Okay, for the freebie, which is the brand values, if you want to use those to kind of help narrow down what your personal brand values are, I have set up a landing page on my website, and we will link that in the show notes for everyone. Yep, it'll be in the show notes, and I'll also share it when we share about this when this episode goes live, so it'll be out there for folks. Yes, and so that will be available for download for anybody who wants it. Mm -hmm. I found it relatively helpful when I was doing it, and since I work with some small businesses, I thought, well, you know what, let's just put it out there for them to use and anyone else who wants to use it. So it's there for you guys. So I will set up a landing page for that and we will just link that in the show notes. If you want to find me online, my website is ridetheskyequine.com and you can find me on Facebook and also on Instagram as well. And it's Ride the Sky Equine. Awesome. Thank you so much, Betsy, for joining us today and going down all of the random subjects that we went down, but also helping us stay on target with this topic of brand values. So um, just to wrap up our big three, um, number one, brand values, educate your client about what to expect when working with you. They're very important. You need to put you in your brand and you've got to attract the right customers, consumers to your brand. So go check out that 194 brand values for animal businesses. I I found it really interesting to do the exercise and go through it. It was very insightful. And I think that those of of you listening would as well. Please go check out Betsy online. Give her a little follow. She's a lot of fun. Always has a lot of great content. And we hope you guys have enjoyed this episode today. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Business Animal. Be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. And if you learned something today, leave us a review. To learn more, find us at thebusinessanimal.com. We'd love to hear from you. Until next time, keep your business well-trained with The Business Animal.